And Tina, if we're going to be doing doing that kind of game anytime soon, let's at least wait to the game on August 30th when Phoenix has the uh, $1 Modelo Nights, please. At least that way the wallet won't be hit as bad as my liver will be. <laughs> Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and... In today's episode, we are going to be talking about yesterday's win away at Monterey Bay, 1-0, in what was also another match in which Russell scored his 13th goal, continues to make the fight for Golden Boot, and makes us all really happy because when you're in the contention for that, y'all know that you are a motivated player, so Russell is uh, one happy guy, and we're really excited to see him score more goals, and make the push and become potentially the first ever Sac Republic player to get the golden boot. So let's go ahead and introduce our usual co-hosts here for the night, Sharon and Jared. How are you doing, Sharon? Oh, thank you for asking. Yeah, um, I'm okay. You know, it's it was kind of a weird night, you know, given that many of us were up watching um, the Women's World Cup and watching... Um, a disappointing result for the United States women. So, you know, on that note, I have to remind myself that, yes, soccer is life, but also Sacramento Republic came away from Monterey Bay with a win, three points on the road to kick off this campaign, you know, to, or continue this campaign of, of road trips. So I can't be too sad, but then again, I, my heart goes out to the to all the women playing and who have worked so hard to make this squad what it is um, for the United States. Jared, I know you were up as well. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. I mean, I had gotten home. By the time I walked in the door from the match I was at, at uh, it was 1 a.m. I said, you know what? Let's just go ahead and watch the, uh, the match at 2 a.m. And... Actually, somehow made it to the other uh, penalty kicks, but there was a, yeah, definitely disappointing results. Uh, but you know, sometimes you kind of need that wake up call to get things equaled out. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, uh, pretty yeah, pretty good. Saw a little bit of the Republic game, and uh, also was made aware of some drama at the match I was at between Phoenix and San Antonio. We'll dig into that in a little bit. Uh, Luis, how about you? I'm doing good. I'm really excited to be back here, be back home and, you know, be able to see Sac Republic win uh, right after I've returned is a really nice welcome back gift. So thanks to the guys for uh, getting us three points in a always tough place, right? We've been to Monterey. We know how it is. We know the team that we uh, played against earlier this season. And it looks like yesterday it was a little bit different, but still. The score was even. Both teams had opportunities. So uh, just really thankful for us uh, being the ones to get the win. And it's a way. A way win are always uh, great ones to get. All right, Sharon, go ahead and uh, do us the honors of introducing Galazzo Gratitude, please. Hey, thanks. And now one of my favorite segments, Galazzo's of Gratitude, where each of our hosts takes a minute to reflect and express gratitude to people, situations, or events that have touched them. Anyhow, let's go. Let's hear some galazas of gratitude. So starting off, my, just real quick, I want to just thank Sacramento Republic 
the front office for thinking up a treat for their season ticket holders, given the you know 10-year celebration that we're heading into. Um, they treated season ticket holders to a movie, and it was the Indiana Jones movie up in Folsom, and I was able to take Tina with me, and I just want to thank you know Sacro Public for on you know for doing that. It was a private screening. We were the only ones in the auditorium, and it was actually fabulous. You know, a lot of CGI kind of stuff, but it was great. And then uh, afterwards, Tina and I went out to Out of Bounds um, Restaurant and Brewery. It was that was a really nice treat. Really enjoyed the food. I'll be back. And then on uh, last Tuesday, this is my final Golazo gratitude. Besides thanking the team for bringing home. Three points and a clean sheet. Thank you, Danny Vidiolo. Um, last Tuesday night was National Night Out. And for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's a celebration of... It used to be called Taking Back the Night. Um, but it's gotten even better to where neighborhoods get to know each other. Block parties, that sort of a thing. First Tuesday in August every year. Uh, usually sponsored or... Ho- not sponsored, but... Uh, promoted by local police department, safety personnel, local electives, and that sort of a thing. I had so many people dropping by my house for, um, um, I provided a taco bar and people brought other food, but I just want to thank everybody. I'm so grateful for everyone who came, all the fire personnel, all of the police. We even had a canine officer come out. You know, we had the fire chief, we had the assistant police chief, um, we had our local assembly member, Stephanie Nguyen, who dropped off a huge tub of red licorice. I mean, it's just like it's one of those nights of just full gratitude of just being able to hang out with my neighbors, my friends. It was a beautiful night. Um, and so those are my glasses of, of gratitude. And if I've missed anybody, just know that I'm thinking about you in the back of my mind. Jared. Well, I've got a few lo- local glasses of gratitude. Uh, first of all, I definitely want to give a glass of gratitude to uh, my uh, ticket manager with the uh, Phoenix Rising FC, Zach, who was able to uh, secure me a ticket uh, that uh, it did not include taxes. Uh, it was just $23 straight straight up. So he was able to get me hooked up for the uh, GA bleachers. So that was definitely appreciated. I'm, so, I'm also thankful he didn't get me seated with the supporters section because I would have been uh, ra- rather odd man out given the uh, Republic FC kit and the uh, Republic FC uh, pride scarf that, that I was wearing. So definitely grateful for that. And then also glasses of gratitude goes out to the food truck that I had gone out to uh, for that match. Beautiful, beautiful and delicious uh, Venezuelan street plate, uh, which was uh, grilled chicken, carne asada, chorizo, y- yucca fries, and for eighteen dollars, it was a good sized portion. I ended up bringing the rest of it home and having later later that night. And then also, uh, glasses of gratitude going out to uh, former Oklahoma C- OKC Energy uh, Hartford player and uh, Fresno player uh, Sam Howard, who was at the match uh, while I was uh, I had changed sides of the GA bleachers. Uh, he was actually uh, getting some drinks from the uh, the field uh, field level seats and. He noticed the Republic FC kit, and we kind of chatted back and forth and and whatnot. Uh, He was on the same OKC Energy uh, squad that uh, Villian was on, so we kind of talked about that in there. So great uh, chat that we had. I also told him about our podcast, so hopefully he might be listening to this uh, later on once we get it published. Uh, And those are the big losses of gratitude I have at the moment for for right now. Uh, How about you, Luis? Well, it's great to hear that you were able to speak with them and, uh, you know, 
small world out there, right? I mean, you always find connections in the soccer community, and I'm glad that he found someone that you know, knows our favorite podcast, Magic, which, by the way, we'll probably have him on here uh, sometime here towards the end of the season and hoping that they're able to, you know, make the push towards playoffs. Although, I know yesterday it was a bit tough that, you know, Fuego was winning 1-0 and, you know, they got a um, a tied score line there. But I think they still have a chance. I think, you know, we still got to be hopeful and uh, uh, I'll be definitely taking a look at the following games as well. But as far as Michael also gratitude go, uh, they're not so much soccer related, but more on my travels back home. <laughs> Uh, I had a few weather delays and all that. Had a few changes of flights. Had to deal with a lot. I think I've never dealt with uh, that much uh, on any of the flights that I've taken. I've taken so many different ones, I think, in the past couple of years. And my first one goes out to American Airlines because uh, it's really awesome when they realize that, hey, there's people that have connecting flights and that, hey, you got to hopefully let them pass through because they don't have that much time. <laughs> By the time they get out of the plane to go hop on their return flight, and uh, they made sure they let everyone know in the speaker, like, hey, everyone step out of the plane if uh, you're planning on, or sorry, everyone who is staying in Dallas, make sure you stay in the plane and please allow those who are going to be making a connecting flight to uh, pass on through. And luckily, there were people that stayed in their seats, they didn't stand up and allowed uh, some of us actually to. Uh, make our way out of the plane as soon as possible. Also, one goes out to the pilot because the flight was running late in itself and I was looking at the time. I didn't. I wasn't going to have that much time to make it to my connecting flight. And if anyone's been in the Dallas airport, you already know that it is a big airport. you got to take the SkyTrain to go from one terminal to the other and it could take you anywhere from five minutes all the way up to like 30 minutes depending on how full the trains are to make it to your next stop so uh shout out to the pilot for actually um speeding through but not just speeding through uh, in a like chaotic manner but in a safe manner and in fact even taking shortcuts too so just so y'all know if you're on a flight there's a chance that the pilot can actually take shortcuts if uh they're allowed and they luckily were allowed to do so and i guess it also helped that it was a, a late flight too and then one more goes out to my parents for actually uh, getting a hotel in San Francisco for my return flight, making sure that I didn't have to like be on the road for like almost two hours as I was driving back home. And also for um, allowing me to spend an entire day in San Francisco with my parents celebrating my dad's birthday and also with my grandma, my uncle, all that. I had a blast. Uh, and uh, it's always really great when you're able to go out to the Bay Area, especially when it's really hot over here. So. <laughs> Uh, it's always awesome to have a trip uh, and get out of this heat that we're fortunately we'll experiencing today and tomorrow again. But it looks like it's going to be back down into the 90s. So pretty happy about that. So that's all I got. Wow, that was a that was a long GG for you, Luis. Usually you're so snappity snap. <laughs> so glad you're yeah. back home. And Jared, same to you. Glad you made it to your trip and back. And, and I know you'll be talking about some things that you observed later. But let's dig into this match because I watched it and there was a lot of us uh, behind the scenes that were watching this um, and texting to each other behind the scenes. The, um, this It was a very, very good game. It was a hard-fought game. Um, obviously, you know, everybody knows we came out on the three-point end of the stick 
with respect to this one, but there's so many little intricacies regarding the different players that played, what everybody contributed. It was just an amazing match. And I know we're going to watch the highlights and we're going to talk a little bit about different aspects of the Republic match. And the fact that we won, mind you, we still don't have Seba. We still don't have Luis Felipe. We still don't have Nick Ross. And we're just now getting, um, and Roro, and we're just now uh, having the return of Aldair and Dami. And um, I think that might be, that might be it as far as guys returning from, um, from injury. So we're still a little bit of a, um, a gutted squad, but you, you last night, you wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known that we had, you know, a rotated, a little bit of a rotation going on. Um, honestly, we talked in the last two podcasts, we've talked about how Zico has stepped up and um, how that makes Tina so darn happy. <laughs> and we've kind of chided Tina a little bit about that. But I think, Luis, you had mentioned uh, in the last couple podcasts that she saw something early on and that he's really walking into that role now. Um, we've all liked Keko from the get-go, but he has really bloomed and really stepped up his game as far as what he does. And even the announcers were mentioning um, his speed of play and his abilities that, you know, he's, he just knows the game so well in his bones that he, he rarely, except for sometimes shooting, rarely makes big mistakes. You know, he's very calculated in how he plays and it comes very naturally. And we're watching Lee Desmond take a different role. You know, we're, it's just, it was really marvelous watching, watching the team play last night. Unfortunately, there was a red card issued um, towards the end of the match against Lee second yellow. And I'm hoping to goodness that the, you know, we appeal it because there's no way that should have been that. Derek, what were your thoughts on the match? Well, I mean, I tried to see as much as I could, uh, especially given the, uh, the data out by the airport, but it was, Looked like it was a good match. I mean, we definitely uh, took it to Monterey, uh, a whole other picture compared to earlier on in the season. And as we're looking at uh, this goal through the highlights, I mean, it was perfect timing because I had just sat down in the uh, GA bleachers uh, in Phoenix for for the match I was at. And then just seconds later, here we go with the goal being set up, Republic going marching down the field and then Russell Cicerone just blasted it into the back of the net. Perfect timing to see that. Uh, and just glad that Russell was getting back in his groove again. That is his, I believe 13th goal of the season. If, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. That's his uh, 13th. That's correct. 13th goal of the season, but look who set it up. Yeah. Russell set it up for himself. Right. And 13th goal. And this is a perfect, um, no, no, Russell gave it to Keko, who set it up. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, like Russell began the play, essentially, right? I mean, if right. we're looking at that, too. But I think it's not the first time that we've seen Russell start plays like that, right? Where I think he spots his teammate, he gives a pass, and he gets in that position to score the goal, right? And that's what I really like about Russell is that he likes to set up plays because he knows his teammates are going to, like, pass it back to him because he's going to be right there in the right moment at the right time. That's what defines Russell. And that's what I think makes him stand out from, I want to go as far as saying any other like striker we've ever had. Right. I mean, Sharon 
you know some of the early guys more than I do, but we've never had a guy with the love of scoring goals and also the ability to not only score them, but also assist as well, like Russell before, right? I mean, we've had, we've had some great goal scorers, but I so think none like him, right? Yeah, right. And, and, and the word that defines Russell is hustle. He doesn't, no role is below him because he wants that ball. He, he knows that if you don't have the ball, you can't score a goal. And you know, in his, the way he plays, well, pretty much the way our whole team has been playing, they know that if they don't have the ball, they have to go get the ball. I mean, that is the number one thing that you can sense about our team, even though the uh, percentage of possession might not show how hard we work to regain possession of the ball. And then, you know, we, we take these wild chances and they work out and a lot of that is the hustle that Russell brings. All the guys were hustling last night. They had to. And thank goodness the weather was just brilliant. You know, a couple of the um, folks that we were, I was messaging in the background, they were like, it's so cold here. And it's like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, I think it makes it easier for the guys to play rather than playing in the freaking heat that they're, that they have been playing in. But, you know, this, this goal, mm. talk about little texty book, you know, it's just, it was a it was a textbook give and go. Russell out to Kecko. Kecko brings it, flies it back in. You know, just it was just so textbook how it, how he finished it, how he saw everything, and I, it's not like we drove a Mack truck through the defense of Monterey, but we sure knew when to take advantage of it, and that was last night. Yeah, and if you look at this goal, I'm actually really shocked that they left Russell open, right? Like Monterey. Usually isn't a team that gives that many spaces, but I'm surprised that they weren't marking him closely, right? They let him they let him walk, essentially, his way into scoring the goal, which we haven't really had that many teams we played against actually have these many uh, spaces like they did in this play, right? I mean, I can't think of that many teams that are like giving us those opportunities, but we'll take it. Well, he was late to the box. So Jack had the front post covered. Zico was coming in on the back post. And and Russell was the trailing because he had just set the play up. So the the guys I think knew what they were doing to try to figure out how to get Russell open. But look at what Keko does. He doesn't fly that ball straight across the face of the goal. He dumps it backwards because he sees the runs of the guys. And so even if Russell had missed that, Jack was in good enough position to have regained possession. But the way that we framed it and the trailing run, you know, it was basically Russell was making the, the, a little bit of the trailing run. So it was kind of cool. You know, it was, it was cool how this all worked out and how they just didn't pick it up. They didn't pick up his run. And some we've, that has happened to us. If you think about it, that's happened to us a couple of times where we don't pick up one of the runners, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the guy who ends up scoring the goal. I think that that happened um, when we played New Mexico. We weren't picking up all the runs. So, you know, that's why we got kind of demolished there. But let's not talk about that game. Let's talk <laughs> about this one where, you know, Russell's happy. Uh, Keko's happy. Jack is happy. Everybody's happy. We're all happy. I think, oh, yeah, let me tell you, Luis, you missed out on this. Um, so part of, the, part of the match last night, Tina decides she's going to make a drinking game. Not about goals scored or anything like that, mm. but because Keko kept getting fouled, he kept landing on the ground. So the drinking game, and anybody who listens to this, you know what it's like when somebody makes up a drinking game. Poor Jared, poor Chris. <laughs> 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 they are complaining about, A, their livers, 
be the expense because during the, Keiko was on the ground a bit. And Jorge, I know you're going to listen to this and I know you're going to probably protest, but cut, you got to count. So if we were to all, I didn't, honestly, I didn't comply. I think I complied one time with the drink. So sorry if I broke the rule, but I, I just wasn't in the mood. Um, but I was laughing at all the comments in the background that <laughs> Tina's drinking game. <laughs> but thank you, Keiko, for the assist. And thank you, uh, <laughs> Russell, for your hustle and getting the ball in the back of the net. And Tina, if we're going to be doing doing that kind of game anytime soon, let's at least wait to the game on August 30th when Phoenix has the uh, $1 uh, Modelo Nights, please. At least that way the wallet <laughs> won't be hit as bad as my liver will be. <laughs> oh, for cry Pete. Either that or make sure, Jessica, that there's somebody um, that will hand out a free drink coupon on the uh, on the game at Hughes Stadium. You know, at least use a free free co- a go- a coupon for a free drink, so you know you can not go into the go into debt with the game. <laughs> that, that's more dangerous than Jared like placing bets uh, for Sac Republic against the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, I, I've also got to save my liver strength for for after the Hughes uh, match because. You know, Scott Bradford and oh. I, you know, we, 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 we've got our uh, post-match ritual, you know? Hello. <laughs> That's going to be fun for you. <sighs> <laughs> so anyhow, what a match. What a time to be alive and what a time to be a Sac Republic fan. Because when the announcers last night uh, on, on Fox 40, they showed the standings. And it was just like it was one of those moments of like sheer glee and pride had you know versus all the other teams and yeah there was one team that shall not be named okay we'll name them san antonio that's creeping up on the table but but you know screw them um but whatever we'll talk about we like shannon um but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit so moving on danny videolo had to he had to play the the man had to play he had to make some saves mm-hmm. there were some shots from monterey during the match um, and he came up big time a few times, you know, that I think he had one parry over the bar, um, that was super beneficial. There was one shot that almost squeaked in and I think gasps everywhere, you know, um, but there, there was one where Jared Timmer tipped, uh, the ball and luckily, oh, it was going to go in the back of the net, but Danny was right there when Jared Timmer tipped across um, or tipped a shot right into the arms of Danny Vidiolo. That was nuts. I mean, we we're all in a mild state of panic when we saw that happening. I wasn't at the game live. I was watching on television, but you could tell, you know, there was, we had so many fans at the match and I really got to give a shout out to everybody who made the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of red in the stadium at, at Monterey Bay. So, yay. Yeah. People staying out of the heat, just like, uh, we always uh, encourage you to go check out the games there because us three went and we had a blast. And and again, you get really good weather. Make sure you take a sweater every time. But uh, you know, it's never a bad match at Monterey. Regardless of the weather, you're never going to experience 100-degree weather like you would over here. So uh, it, it's great that we have a team that we can also um, travel to now in addition to just Oakland, right? Because before it was mainly Oakland, maybe, maybe against some of the L.A. teams on that all that, but nearby 
within driving distance. You can go back home. Yeah, we have them too. And it's a it's a pretty good drive, right, Sharon? Yeah, oh, the drive can sometimes eat you up. You know, it just gets so busy. It can it, it turns a three-hour drive into a four-hour drive based on stuff. And by the way, shout out to you know Ryan and Alicia. They got rear-ended by a semi-truck um oh, no. last night and they still made it to the game. Oh wow, I, I didn't even know this too. I need to catch up on our chat, but yeah, wow. Yeah. 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 They, they but they said thankfully they were at like a stop or stop sign or a stoplight, so it probably wasn't too bad. But it was like, holy smokes, no, not them. Mm-hmm. You know, the nicest people in the world. You don't want mm-hmm. anything bad to happen to any of your friends. But, you know, hey, but they made it to the game and they'll get it all sorted out. And insurance will pay for it, right? Because they were not at fault. Yeah, thankfully, everybody's okay. So that's definitely the most important part. Right. Yeah. Well, glad they were able to see the game. I mean, that sounds really stressful. So glad that. It can all get fixed up and that, you know, they were there to watch the game. That's the most important thing, right? That they were able to to still continue on, right? And not be stuck right there because we, we've all been there, right? Sometimes when your car can't move and you're missing the game and dealing with... Yeah, frustration sets things. in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then they got the win too, right? That's a bonus. <laughs> you know, yeah. we go to the game, but it's like, oh, you got the win. And uh, they, they made sure that we got the three points. But look, overall, I think with this team... I know you mentioned it earlier, Sharon, that, you know, we still have a few injured players and we know Roro's still out and I feel like he's going to be back this month. I can, can almost feel it already. I think it's going to happen this month. He's He's been training quite a bit now and you know, making us all feel like we're going to see our captain uh, be back on the field. But I think we've been noticing that the players that have been taking over some of those roles are starting to step up, right? And yes, we had our rough few couple games uh, a few weeks back but i think there's a different team right it seems like they're more motivated now and that's all you need right you need to win uh, regardless of whether you're not a starter or not once you start to get those wins your confidence starts like moving up and if you're more confident more of your shots are going to be scored and your goalkeeper is going to make more stops as all across the board right you're going to see a much more solid team when you have that positivity around you because again I always go back to being a psychological thing in the sport and that's what's going on here with us. And similarly, but opposite side of it, Monterey is dealing with the opposite thing, right? They've been on a slump for a while now and they haven't been that Monterey that I know Sharon, you've admired for a long time. And so that's exactly what happened. And uh, luckily, you know, we were able to take advantage of that and uh, we're able to continue our run. But I do want to talk about that red card that happened because it's not the first time that Elton Garcia has messed up, right? The ref, he's messed up before. And I don't know what the guy saw because I saw the replay multiple times. And to me, it's just like any other play where, you know, you got a player trying to go for the ball. You got the goalkeeper trying to go for the ball. That's your typical corner kick play, right? I mean, both players are trying to go to the ball like, in what way was Lee trying to hurt the goalkeeper when he was just making a jump? He was just trying to get to it. And the goalkeeper just happened to be there, right? I mean, you can't fault the player for jumping. You jump. And plus you're winning. Why were you going to go towards the goalkeeper in like a bad way when you're winning? It just doesn't make sense. I get it. When you're losing, some players 
they've done stuff right. You see it sometimes, but in this play, I don't see Lee ever having any bad intentions with the jump. Right. So, so the deal is, you know, the official was looking at the six yard box, right? Because anything within that six yard box, any infringement on the keeper within that six yard, it wasn't in the six yard box. And that's what's going to be contested, I think, and appealed by Sac Republic or should be appealed by Sac Republic because it literally is like either on the line or just outside of that six yard box, which basically says that anybody can go for the ball. And if it, there's a collision that occurs, it's a, it's like, it's a mutual thing and it, sh it just should be waved on as, you know, um, part of the play. It's part of the, it's part of what happens when you're, when you're going for the ball, have that happened, you know, and I don't think that was a bookable offense because Lee took the worst of it. If you look at it in slow motion, Lee took the worst of the charge. So um, yes, the goalkeeper has every right to come to the ball, but Lee wasn't even looking at the goalkeeper. He was totally only looking at the ball you know, because he was going to head it in. It was perfectly flighted for his head. And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm hopeful we are going to win this appeal because we need Lee. We need him on the East Coast when we travel to Birmingham. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, this this was just flat ass out BS. And don't beat me on that because I don't think the word ass <laughs> and BS are beatable. But if you decide to beat me, then Luis, I will issue you a caution <laughs> you'll get my little yellow card and any yeah, i'm kidding but so that's my opinion on that whole thing i think that was the announcer's opinions i think that was adam moffat's opinion i believe you know um, everybody behind the scenes in our chat and even the people at the stadium because we saw a few of our folks mentioning um you know what they saw and what they heard and how it felt to them so we will see. I mean, literally, you know, it'll go it'll go under review. Um, they'll bring in the officials mm -hmm. for an official review and an evaluation. And, you know, my goodness, I hope we don't see Elton again. And thanks again, John, uh, for always giving us the inside scoop as to who our officials will end up being. We weren't looking forward to Elton, but at, but mm. at first I thought it was going smoothly until I did not win a point for the yellow card. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jared won that point. He got the yellow card point on the podcast. Thing. Yeah, one more reason to dislike the ref, but either way, we got the win. That's yeah. all that really matters, right? Even Dude. if we lost points. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah Elton. So, Ugh, Elton. <laughs> so the play, okay, you guys, you guys who are listening in. So earlier we had spoken about the one where Jared Timmer, um, there was a shot on goal and Jared Timmer, bless his sweetheart, was able to uh, deflect the ball perfectly into Danny Videola's arms. And we're watching that replay right now. And I think the two of them should be like looking at each other like, dude, I love you so much. <laughs> should be a little bit of that because the striker from Monterey broke free. And and there it was a it was a two v one situation and and the goalie, um, if you wanted to count him, then it would be two v two. But it was literally a two v one situation. And if Jared hadn't come up big, <laughs> it was it was going to be curtains, uh, and it would have been a tie ball game. But Jared came up big with a little tiny toe tap, and ball went straight into Danny Videolo's arms. Love you, Danny Videolo, for keeping the sheets clean. Yeah, it really made a big difference. I mean, that was a tiny like just tiny like touch to the ball that yeah. 
you don't know how it's going to end, right? It could always end in no goal. So exactly, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Exactly. It's risky. So kudos to him for taking the risk, especially so later in the game. Hey, and I'm glad you know that the, our team is working to. Um, we talked on the last podcast about sometimes when we're holding the ball or when we're playing possession, the other and we're ahead the other team is going to be applying pressure. It's really good practice for us to play goal ahead, two goal ahead. I don't care if it's three goal ahead, but to play possession under pressure because that's super critical. And that, and that way we know exactly how we can play when we need to counter when we're under pressure um, so that we can actually get more goals and run up the score. But we were playing like under massive pressure with Lee being ejected and Monterey was trying so hard and we were playing, we were still playing possession under pressure. Worked out really well for us, right? It did not work out so well for Monterey. Too bad. Sorry, Frankie Allop. I really like you, but Elton, not so much. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that uh, there's ability for us to be able to contend the yellow card, the red card, I should say, not yellow card. Well, I guess, yeah. One of the yellow cards, if that's all they do it, and there's a double yellow, but uh, they should because we've seen them actually, you know, take away some yellow cards uh, from he who shall not be named, but that Jared actually was able to see recently. So uh, they should do it here too, right? Yeah. I'm assuming so. <laughs> well, we'll see. But uh, moving on to the standings, like Sharon said, they're looking really great here for us too because. Guess who's still in first place? And not just first place, but first place overall is still us. And even though, yes, Pittsburgh Riverhounds have the same amount of points, but again, we have a better goal differential than they do. So uh, we'd be first, considering that we tied. So all things, we would be first. If there was a finale, we would actually be the team to actually be going to host the USL final. So just keep that in mind because it's really important to not only be first in your division, but also be first overall, right? Um, especially because we would all love to see another Sac Republic final, but this time at home. <laughs> uh, but next to us is that team who shall not be named, but still, even if they do win a match to catch up to us in matches played, they're only going to be one point away from us, but not tied with us too, right? So Jared, even though they won, at least we'll still be first place. It doesn't matter. Add all the games to catch up to our 23 games of whatever team you want on the table. We're still first. doesn't matter what you do, right? Um, yeah. And uh, with that match between Phoenix and uh, San Antonio, it was definitely a hard-fought match, uh, but also quite a bit of drama as well, uh, sort of off the pitch. Um, so... We'll, we'll go, I'll go ahead and chat a little bit about, about how that went because, uh, yeah. once again, this is about the same time as the Republic uh, FC and Monterey match was happening in Seaside. Uh, so, of course, uh, our big favorite was starting uh, the match, of course. Uh, and thankfully, with the uh, general admission bleachers that I had, I was able to be on the side that, uh, that MTB was uh, serving as well. So I was able to try to throw him off his game uh, of course showing the uh, the pride flag and it uh, worked for for most of the match uh, including including the first half and a good chunk of the second half 
Uh, Phoenix had uh, gotten a Danny Trejo goal in in the uh, the first half, uh, got them le- leading one nothing. But uh, towards uh, just a little bit past the 80th minute, uh, San Antonio had even the match. And about the 87th minute or so, I decided to make my way down to the uh, little players uh, lane that uh, Luis and I had gone to after the match uh, when, when we went uh, to go see Phoenix versus Oakland uh, back in, in June. Uh, during that time, I had heard that uh, uh, San, Anto- San Antonio's uh, Tani Oluwasei had uh, scored the, the game-winner goal. So, obviously, that uh, put a little bit of a uh, – took a little bit uh, of the uh, win out, out of celebration. But he was also involved in, in some issues as well. Uh, I'll get to that portion uh second because there was a much larger uh, situation that had gone through. I'm not sure what part of the, uh, the match uh, that this had happened as far as what was going on, but uh, – Right now, I'm just uh, bringing up on my end here as far as uh, some of the details. And so ultimately what had happened was sometime during the game, uh, there was word that a San Antonio FC trainer had told the uh, rising uh, supporter groups, uh, Bandidos and Union 602, apparently, and this is just from this tweet alone, that the trainer was going to, quote, call ice uh, on them end quote uh now i had just seen this tweet from a uh san antonio su- supporter uh as far as this goes and ultimately that was retweeted by one of their uh one of the rising fc uh, owners uh brandon mccarthy uh who it confirmed he was saying that it was confirmed by many supporters and staff in, in that area uh that that was being said by the uh, san antonio fc trainer now I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, that's, that's, it's totally unacceptable. I mean, beyond, beyond uh, unacceptable. I mean, if they identify what staffer it is, they need to be kicked out of the league. I mean, there's, there's no excuse for that, e- even in jest, as far as that goes. Uh, the, the other portion that had happened was I was actually in the player lane waiting for the uh, players to make their exit. The first couple uh, San Antonio players, one of them was uh, Oluwasei. He was just trying to come out, and I had noticed that he was yelling at uh, some uh, rising FC fans, and there was like uh, quite a bit of water and water balls, you know, being showered down on him. By the time he ended up uh, walking further down the player lane, he was already yelling at one of the uh, Phoenix PD officers that they need to do something that uh, they shouldn't have to have water uh, thrown at them, things like that. So. There was definitely a, a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, a lot of uh, rambunctiousness uh, invo- involving uh, fans and, and supporters uh, as far as this goes. So this was definitely a, a hostile situation. I only knew about one of them. I found out about the uh, the first one uh, through social media. But uh, anyways, as far as you know, the, the parts that, that I was seeing further down, with more of the players ca- coming out and Luis, you may have to uh, get the buzzer ready here for this because ultimately Mitch Tanner ha- had made his way through the, uh, the player lane, but I will have you to let you know, I was not the first person to lead this orchestra this night. There was a fan next to me that was already tearing it into Tainter. And yeah, so I, I 
uh, got in a few shots here and there. You know, I had, I had talked some shot, some shite to uh, Tainter, asking how, how many uh, pride flags he had kicked over uh, today, and and Mitch ultimately sarcastically blew kisses to the other guy. Yeah, you know, all throughout the tirade. So there were a few other other folks, you know, just laying it into Tainter. Uh, but just maybe about maybe twenty seconds later, here comes Shannon Gomez. So of course I had to 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 give him a big what's up, and we chatted for like uh, about twenty to forty seconds. He spotted the uh, Republic FC kit, so it was great to see him for for the first time in a while. So he is the one uh, the one last uh, good uh, point to San Antonio FC. I mean, we all know the uh, the drama they've caused this year. I mean, such as the San Antonio FC fan that ran onto the field at Toyota Field, got into Coach Briggs' face, and security did sweet FA. And then, of course, Tainter kicking over the Pride flag at Heart Health Park during Pride Night. So it's safe to say that the San Antonio FC uh, organization is quickly sinking. And I, I would love to see Shannon Gomez play for a different club just so he's no longer associated with such a toxic organization. Um, but going into the last portion, um, just a short bit after uh, you know I chatted with Chan Gomez, here comes Jordan Farr, uh, the goaltender, and I jokingly uh, said, "Hey, congratulations! You won it without a red card this time." And you know he took it in stride. You know he chuckled. He knew I was just you know giving him banter and everything like that. So, but yeah, that's uh, pretty pretty much uh, summed up the, uh, the the night as far as interactions go. Of course, you know, I just for that this night only, you know, I, you know, congratulated Phoenix on a good game because I wasn't necessarily cheering for Phoenix as much as I was cheering against San Antonio, which is something I, I kind of explained in our uh, in our group chat uh, as far as that goes. Uh, but well, it was uh, other than the uh, the fans, the fan and supporter situations. I mean, it was a, it's a good match. I didn't really feel too too bothered by the heat, so th- that was also a good thing. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to to do it all do it all almost all of it over again on August thirtieth. Then when it comes time for Republic FC to make their way to the desert, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to be a one man uh, Tower Bridge Battalion again because Scott Bradford unfortunately is not gonna be able to make it. But you know what? I'll 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 cheer extra loud for him, and if anybody in the, in the uh, listening area, so to speak is going to be in Phoenix, uh, around Wednesday, August 30th. Uh, let me know. And we can perhaps, uh, strengthen the rising FC beer curse at, uh, Oso brewery because I've got the whole day off. So we'll take advantage of the beer curse. Let's hopefully get the three, uh, three points, maybe a couple do- dollar uh, modelos who knows, but that's, that's how it went. Well, thanks for letting us know all that Jared. And, uh, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, more and more things keep piling up on San Antonio and and all that. And I really hope the league investigates the claim of what had happened because that's really serious. And it and it's just way too many things are happening there. It's it's really weird. And and I get you. I know you weren't supporting Phoenix per se, but I think at this point there is no team that we dislike the most than San Antonio. And yeah, I mean, it's a shame that they're in second place, right? Because a team that has done so much bad lately is not a team that should be up there. But, you know, hopefully 
Hopefully we're the team that kicks them out of the playoffs. That would make us all feel really good. And I'm sure the rest of the league is also seeing what situations are going on with them. And they're not really liking that either. But it's just a shame that, you know, the USL disciplinary team isn't really <laughs> doing their job, especially, you know, when it came to that match we played against them. And but hey, I hope that they actually, you know, take these things seriously, because if that really did happen, that person needs to be banned for life from the league, right? Do not let them work in any other position. Not even say banned from the entire sport if possible, right? <laughs> if that was a thing. Yeah, because I'm not sure if it's if it's a, a good or bad thing that one of the owners of Phoenix Rising is taking more action into it than San Antonio is. I haven't seen a blip on the radar from San Antonio about Mitch Tanner kicking the pride flag back in June or about the uh, trainer saying the things that he, that he said last night to the uh, Bandidos and Union 602. So USL disciplinary panel, you need to, to check back in from lunch. Do do something with this organization and the people involved with this. I mean, if you if you want to be taken seriously as as a league, as a contender to MLS. Yeah, and we really hope that they do. But uh, we'll see what happens right during the week. And if anything else uh, arises from uh, the situation there, but Continue to look at the table. I think uh, it's really interesting to see more California teams, though, in the in the top five list, right? Because we got Oakland in third place with 37 points. Orange County, they've made quite the jump, right? Y'all remember when we lost against them? They were so down below. Well, guess what? They're in fourth place now with 34 points. Heck, even making a case to like get close to us in first place, they're only 10 points away from us. Then you got San Diego Loyal. Fifth place with uh, 33 points, but they do have uh, two games in hand from um, us as well. So they could potentially get to 39 points, which would be about five away from us. And you keep going down the list, Colorado Republic, El Paso, both with 32 points. You got Phoenix Rising, even though they lost, they're still right there in that eighth spot with 29 points. Then New Mexico, Monterey is dropped down to 10th place. RGB still in that 11th place spot and Las Vegas Lights with uh, the last place the spot there. But Las Vegas did win yesterday, though, right? If you guys saw, they beat RGB, which, yes, it's the team that's right above them there. But but they won. So, uh, you know, they're, they're right there. They got 14 points. So uh, they're still officially the last place team in the entire league. But hey, they're, they're trying to get out of there. You know, they're trying to make the case that hey, West Coast teams have done better than East. So they need three points to go above Hartford, but, you know, they're making progress. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say the the two teams that are really surprising me uh, lately, uh, Orange County, I mean, as we've known, they were at the bottom of the basement for a while, but they've actually got a little bit of a hot streak coming on. And that's who we're going to be playing uh, for the uh, Hughes Stadium match in uh, just a little bit over two weeks time. And then we look at uh, El Paso, who we've been uh, keeping pace with as far as the top of the Western conference. Now they've had, they've hit a slide. So now they're uh, sliding down to the bottom of the, uh, the playoff picture. So th- these, these past couple of weeks have been very volatile as far as a uh, placement in the standing. So, and, and I, I do not want us to think of it as, as a trap game again against Orange County when we played Hugh State because that's exactly what happened when we played them earlier this uh, season. We took them for granted. We fell asleep, more or less. We ended up taking the L. So we've got to be ready for, for Orange County uh, uh, later this month. Yeah, 
and and we got to protect our guys from getting uh, caught up in the hype and just have them focus on the soccer. You know, it's kind of like somebody else needs to to be dealing with the hype aside from the squad and don't let them get caught up in it. They need to focus on the soccer. Um, you know, it's funny that, that you should mention teams that are rising and falling. The only thing that I could think of to say when you're, when, as we're talking about all is, isn't sports just so entertaining? And isn't soccer just the most beautiful game? Because it is scripture one and back on a silver platter the next, you know? Just, I just love this sport and I love the fact that, you know, we are sitting at the top of the table, but it's such a scary place. You all know, you know what this feels like because it's, it, you know, every time our, our squad goes out there, they have to defend, you know, this position that they're in and the standard that they've set. And periodically they make it look really easy. Sometimes they don't. And it's like, we just want it to always look easy so we don't have to panic because most people are idealists. You know, they want a happy ending at the end of the day. You know, they want their team to win. And it's just like, oh my gosh, can we please fast forward? And can we know, can we know the ending now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know, right? Are we going to make it to the final? Are we Yeah, are we going to win? Yeah, are we going to yeah. win? Yeah. <laughs> What's going to be that one play that's, that could change it all, right? That, that one yeah. situation that we've had to deal with in the past. Uh, hopefully it's not another handball. <laughs> is what we're hoping for but yeah. um but we do have i mean good contenders for uh some league leaders here and i want to talk a little bit about that because in the race for the golden boot russell is unfortunately not in first place but he's just one goal away from the team who shall not be named who actually has a uh number one goal scorer there with 14 goals so russell needs to get one more to tight first place for that but then below that, you have players that have 11 goals, two of those, some that have 10 goals, and then others that have nine goals. So little by little, Russell and the other team, who shall not be named, uh, are moving away from the rest of the pack, which is good for Russell, right? Because that means all you got to do is just focus on you scoring goals, and it's between you and the other person, right? Unless unless some of the lower guys get hat-tricks and all that, but that's not okay. usually... Uh, Goals, assists, shots, and chances created. I mean, don't they take all of that into account, or is it pretty much just goals? I think it's pretty much just goals, but it's okay. always nice to also lead in assists. And in that realm, Gecko is just one away from the seven assist uh, leaders. Yeah, six assists, right? But then there's a few others that have six. There's a few others that have five, and, and so on. Jack has four. So Jack, I know he was injured for... Some time he's starting to make a comeback with that, so he could be there too. So that's anyone's game. It could be either a uh, Jack or Gecko's game if uh, they get the assist leader there. I don't know if they get a prize for that too, or <laughs> an award. Hey, I'll give them a prize. I'll give them a gift card to you know their favorite restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there should be a trophy, right? Just like we mentioned, everything else, maybe like the the team player award, right? Yeah. You have the golden boot, the golden glove. Why not? Or maybe the golden player, right? The golden team player <laughs> award, right? You've got to be a team player. <laughs> MVP of the league. So let's talk about goalkeepers and let's talk about um, golden glove stuff. So with clean sheets, we stand at, in third place with eight clean sheets, Danny Videolo, which basically means the defenders in front of him need to shore it up because Louisville City FC, um, they're in first place. 
And I will say, you know, a lot of it is when the whole team plays defense, it makes it a whole lot easier on the keeper um, because Danny's incredibly talented. You know, he knows what he's doing. And then the a number of saves that Danny's had to make, well, guess what? His save rate is low because the, nobody gets a chance to shoot. We spoil. <laughs> if you don't give the other team chances to shoot, you can't make saves. So poor Danny Videolo is like down at number 10 on saves. And it's not for lack of trying. It's because our defense is that good. We don't. We don't let much come through for shots. So if you look at the Oakland roots, it's like their defense, I, this is going to sound really horrible, but their defense sucks because if <laughs> teams are making 81 shots or 80, if the keeper has to make 81 saves, guess what's, guess what's broken down? <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to say it's not you, Emra. It's your other uh, teammates. To, no, you're good. It's just the rest of your teammates are allowing those shots. <laughs> this this <laughs> This whole situation, as far as with number of saves uh, for Danny uh, Vitiello compared to Paul Blanchett, if anyone has seen the movie uh, Starship Troopers, uh, some of you may remember the basic training scene where uh, one of the recruits says, says well, why, why do we need to learn how to use knives? We, we just press a button and, and, and to shoot. He tells the recruit to put his hand on the wall. Hesitatingly, he does. Drill instructor uh, grabs a knife from his hip, uh, from his uh, holster, throws it at his hand, and his and the drill instructor's response is, "The enemy cannot press a button if you disengage his hand." Medic. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the same situation that yeah uh, we're seeing here. But but yeah, the most important thing is clean sheets. We want uh, Danny to have a shot at getting the Golden Gloves once again, right? We know we've he got it before with uh, Pittsburgh, but yeah, he's right there. I mean, there's a possibility. You never know. There's still plenty of matches left, so he could still catch up. Now, I think they only count regular season matches, right? Once mm-hmm. like playoff time comes by, they don't care. Clean sheets, goal scores, right? That all gets out the door, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep, this is- this is all regular season that they're counting, not counting Open Cup, not counting playoffs, just all regular season. Although if it was up to me, I would count playoffs as well, <laughs> right? I'm just saying, if your team moves no. on. No, because that skews the chances for other teams in regular league play. I think, I here's oh. the deal. For, for, for playoffs, there should be a separate set of, you know, a separate situation for that part of the essentially the tournament but yeah no if your team gets eliminated you don't get the chance to play those extra games you know so that's why that's why they only use league you know yeah but it should be on you right it's like well blame your team you could have you could have been the goal scorer but your defenders blame it on your defenders you striker who could have gotten the golden boots and all that uh and also the golden gloves too right blame it on your defenders for letting them shoot on you but but it's looking good. It's looking uh, on that side. Now let's look at discipline, though, because we are leading. <laughs> We're tied nope. uh, in discipline for most yellow cards. And that is our Anold, like Sharon uh, likes to call him, leading the way with nine yellow cards, along with two other guys that have nine yellow cards. And, of course, one of them is from that team who shall not be named and only wanted to compete on goal scored, but also on yellow cards, which... I think they should have gotten more. I feel like that should be a category that that team should have a lot of players that <laughs> that have uh, most uh, yellow cards. But oh, ble- oh, believe me, that if if they counted the organization as, as a whole, I mean, 
San Antonio FC would be running away with it. But uh, <laughs> let's also have a look at the red card since we're looking in, into this. So oddly enough, uh, Republic FC is not on it. So that definitely works out. Uh, we've got a five-way tie for two red cards, uh, but only actually it looks like we've got three from the Western Conference. So, you know, we're doing good on that. Yeah. Surprisingly, the guy who shall not be named is not on there, but he should have been on there. But that card hadn't been taken away too. But yeah, that's what the disciplinary stats are like. Now, most passes, none of our players are in the top 10, but most crosses, Jack Gurr is in second place. 128 crosses versus a first place 147 crosses from Memphis. So Jack, keep throwing those crosses. I know there's no like award for that, but again, it's nice to be first place either way. So um, that's that's all that's looking like. Well, speaking of awards, or at least award progress, I think we've got another uh, item to speak on uh, this week. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the segment. Uh, I know Sharon and I are at least looking forward to, but uh, we got to do it because it keeps going here. <laughs> uh, all that too. But hey, at least we all got points. It's podcast winner dinner. Sharon got one point thanks to Russell scoring first. I also got one point for the first time, I think, with Russell scoring first. So thank you, Russell. I had faith in you. Uh, and you uh, delivered with that. And Jared got two points because he guessed Russell. And because of Elton Garcia saying, Monterey's going to get that first yellow card. Surprisingly, the home team gained the first yellow card. So with that being said, standings are as follows. Sharon is still leading the way with 18 points. Jared now, though, has 17 points. So one point away from Sharon. And I have 14 points. So I'm still in third place there. But it's becoming a really interesting battle there for uh, first place. So we'll see if uh, this next match against Birmingham at Birmingham manages to uh, break that. Whether it's Jared taking over first or Sharon uh continuing to solidify the first place uh, position there so i got mine written down here but i think jared you went last last time no <laughs> or, i did did you go last okay jared you want to go first this time i'll go second and then we'll have sharon go uh last that sounds good to me and uh, uh kaylor if, if you're listening i know you're a busy man and, and all but uh please don't kill me with this <laughs> <laughs> i i am gonna say 3-1 Republic. Uh, first goal scored, I would like to say uh, Kecko. If for some reason, if Kecko doesn't get one in, I am going to go with Jack. And then the first yellow, I'm going to say, uh, unfortunately, us. Uh, we get called first. All right. And as for me, I say that we get a 1-0 win. I think it's going to be a close match, even though I know Birmingham is in fifth place and whatnot. but. Oh, no, not in fifth place. I know Birmingham is in sixth place, I should say. Uh, but, again, it's not going to be easy. It's a travel match and all that, and they're traveling down east. It's tough. Uh, you, you never know what can happen, but I think it's going to be rough. 1-0. Again, SRFC win, though. I know Sharon was a little shocked by just the one goal margin, but hopefully it's more. Again, prove me no, wrong, guys. Score I'm not shocked. Nil. It's like that's what I picked. Oh, <laughs> and I had mine written down. I had mine written down here. So yeah, well, let's see who it. you picked as a goal scorer. Come on, cough it up. So I picked Russell because he uh, gave me a point in this last match. So I'm like, all right, maybe that's gonna change my look around. And if he doesn't score, then I'm gonna go with Jack 
as my second option because I think he's doing mean, another goal. He he's, doesn't see the pitch. Or he doesn't see the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I said it like Jared. Did too. <laughs> well, Jared I'm right? trying to stick a point into. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but Jeez. first yellow card, I actually see Birmingham getting the first one. Surprisingly, being away, I'm going to go with what happened in this last match where the uh, home team got the first yellow card. Yeah. So I'm ditto on you for the first two. <laughs> Uh huh. And then it's Kecko. If Russell doesn't play, then I've got Kecko scoring. And then I'm, uh, I agree with Jared that Sac Republic will get the first yellow. All right. Ref, we'll give you a chance Birmingham. to catch up <laughs> or to continue to stay in third place. That could be that too, depending on how that yellow card goes. Cause we always know it sometimes falls on the yellow card when we don't get points. Another one, it's that yellow card that's like messing around with the standings one point at a time. <laughs> One point so, at a time. Uh, but it's always nice when we guess different yellow cards because that means someone's going to get a point out of it and standings are going to see a change. It won't just be a, a stable uh, standing situation. So, Wouldn't it be weird if there was a match where there was no yellow card and we had that option to say, no, there's no yellow cards in this match? Ooh. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a match in general in Psych Republic history with no yellow card. <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, I, mean, I mean, come on, we've got some hotheads. Yeah, it's it's a bit tough when you have players that are uh, more prone to yellow cards, right? And when you have referees that see one thing and they call a double yellow, it shouldn't have been a double yellow. But uh, Elton John is another graduate of the Melvin Rivas uh, Institute of Referees. It seems <laughs> like, right? Or well, he's a he's been a graduate for a long time, right? He's a probably ten year alum at this point because <laughs> he's been around for a while, right? I think. Yeah, I've seen him for a while. All right. All uh, right. Good luck That's, to y'all. Yeah. Or good luck to y'all. To, um, yeah, good, good luck to you too. What a week to look forward to. Yeah. What a week. It's going to be a interesting one. And I know I mentioned in the last episode that we're going to try and get Kayla on here so we could talk a little bit more about Birmingham and what to expect. And uh, I don't want to make any guarantees, but I kind of reached out to him. We're trying to see if we can get something recorded sometime this week so uh, y'all can get a good idea of. Uh, what the Legion will bring to the table. And we'll probably do a, a short pod if that ends up happening. If not, then we'll be here uh, as usual for the following weekend to talk about that match and how it went down. So uh, just be on the lookout. If uh, we post another episode, then uh, we'll be talking about that if it happens before uh, Saturday. So sure, Jared, last final parting words here before uh, we say good night to everyone. And we'll see you sometime soon. Hey, stay cool. Have a great week and train hard, Sacramento. Uh, let's get let's get that three points out of Birmingham. Yeah, we uh, got to focus on uh, Birmingham now and uh, travel now east. Let's uh, do our best to get those uh, three points and go Republic. Yeah, I echo what you guys uh, have said. I think the team has been doing great. Let's keep that good streak going on. Let's get our third consecutive one game and continue to solidify first place and get away from the team who shall not be named because. Uh, well, make sure we're above them, especially in the event that we get to host a potential West final. It'd be nice to have them back home and be able to, you know, celebrate a little more, right, if we were to beat them at home. So, everyone, as usual, thank you so much for listening to our episode and to our podcast in general. You'll hear us maybe in a few days or maybe in the following week, uh, depending on uh, what gets scheduled. But for now, have a great night, and you'll hear us soon. Cue the music. <laughs>